Hello and welcome back to the National Association for Primary Education podcast. Today I'm talking to Dr. Hilary Leavers from Engineering UK and we're going to be talking about engineering and STEM but also how that kind of fits into teachers' perception of, of exactly what's going on in primary schools. So Hilary, thank you so much for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure. So can you start by giving us a kind of a background about Engineering UK and, and how it sort of currently fits in with your perception of, of teachers and what you're providing for them and also the students? Sure. So Engineering UK is an organisation that is dedicated to informing and inspiring young people with engineering with the goal of growing the diversity and number of tomorrow's engineers. And obviously, we need to start reaching out to young children as early as possible. So really interested in working with the primary age as well as through secondary and into ages where people are making more definitive subject and careers choices. But I think it's really important that we can open up these pathways to young people as early as we can. And I guess it that kind of pathway and and the age is a really important factor, isn't it? Because when you think of engineering, when you think of all those things, you often do think of uh, of sort of secondary school in, in taking those sort of subjects which are going to lead you into a career. So, so how do you frame it um, from that sort of primary sector idea? It's really important that young people have sight of engineering. It's such a big sector. So about and nearly 20% of our workforce is in the engineering sector. But primary age children and actually a lot of secondary age children don't really have a sense of what engineering is. And I think they can then miss out on benefiting from um, kind of an early appeal and a connection with it and the motivation that can come from feeling that that might be something that you're interested in pursuing. So starting to understand what engineering is from a really early age, I think can be really beneficial. It is something which is associated with more specific subject choices later in life, because engineering doesn't really have a very clear place in the curriculum. So if you want to be a scientist, you can have a sense of that. And you just would imagine you keep studying science the whole way through. Whereas if engineering it actually kind of needs to be introduced to young people as an option and a concept and a lot more support around explaining the different pathways that you can take into it. And I think that really is true. It's not like we have sort of math, science, English and engineering, is it? <laughs> and I think I think even when it's just not even gauged within the curriculum in the same way, it's really difficult for people to take on board exactly what it is in the whole and I know certainly from from my children's experience you know it's when they start talking about the sorts of skills they're interested the areas that they're interested in learning how does this work how does that work what would I like to be involved in this type of thing and then it all starts to to sort of come together and the picture starts to become a whole that's exactly right and it is that how you know I think People are very familiar with the idea that children are scientists, little natural scientific explorers, but they're also engineers. They're always asking how something works or how can I solve this problem or just actually really experimenting physically with their environment and learning directly from that. And that sort of creativity and exploration and problem solving are all fundamental skills that are exploited and essential in engineering. And I think, and it's one thing, I think, within the classroom, which is really, really key, because it is that collaboration. It is the working on something to make something happen or to experiment, like you said, or create something, which is it's, it's one of the most important things that we can actually give our children, I think, as well. And I think 
it's it's allowing those two two sides of the coin really to work together, which I think gives you that creativity and inspiration, but also with that practical hands-on element. Yes, and I like your description of giving it to them, but actually I would say they bring it to the table and it's much more about nurturing and providing an environment that cultivates and celebrates it. And in a way that if you had um, a child who was, you know, really uh, writing a great deal, you might talk to them about, oh, you, you might be a writer when you grow up or a poet or something like that. I don't think that that may happen as much when you see someone showing those traits associated with engineering to say, oh, you could be an engineer. And just starting to sow those seeds and make those associations with with what you do rather than kind of the product that you might work on as an engineer. So I think... Um, children and actually a lot of adults tend to think of engineering as building big things as opposed to the process that you may go to to solve a myriad of societal problems um, which are so much more than those kind of traditional large-scale engineering projects. And I imagine that's really where um, as, as a human being that's where our focus lies because we know there are a myriad of problems that need to be addressed in, in terms of how the world's going to develop going forward and, and at such a pace that we want inspirational creative thinking children to actually take that on board and feel like they're able to do that and they're part and part and parcel of the process so so how do we do that within within this sort of school system do you think bearing in mind like like we said it's not on the curriculum per se but engage and get that thought process going so early Yes. So there are two things there. If I can just talk a bit about that societal value piece, like why do we need young children to be interested in engineering? And it really is. It's it's those huge issues that we're dealing with and they really care about. So it is climate change. It is responding to the pandemic and it is about making people's lives better. And when we talk with particularly primary age children about what problems they want to solve, and they're generally problems that are solved through engineering, they're very compassionate. There's a lot about just making people's lives better, often at quite a small and personal scale. So they'll be inspired by challenges they've seen in their own families, um, supporting people with all sorts of disabilities and trying to come up with a creative solution to that. So I think that when they realize that's engineering, you've got a huge opportunity um, for those messages to resonate with them and for them to be motivated to find out more and to look into those pathways. But as a sector, we really need those young people and a really diverse group of young people to come into engineering and to be able to tap the greatest breadth of thinking. And I've talked about it being creative. And actually, if you have a whole lot of people who think the same way, it's very hard to have enough creativity. You need a whole diversity of thought. And that probably means that we need to make engineering appeal to young people who traditionally might not have realised that it had so much to give them. And so I guess the million dollar question is, how do we go about that? And and what is it exactly that you're doing to to appeal to these children, to be able to get them into schools, um, to have programmes which they've got access to. And I guess the the second part of that question is, is how do you get the school buy-in for that in order to, to make it a, a, across the board? Yes, so 
in terms of what we can do to engage young people with engineering, we really need some explicit activities that are making it more visible. So there's a whole range of STEM outreach activities that are out there and so many organisations who are committed to opening up these pathways to young people. It's actually the work that we're doing is to try and support teachers in not just delivering those activities, but seeing all the different options that are out there and finding the one that is going to fit their group of children at that particular time best. And something we've just done is launch a website called Neon. Um, it can be found at neonfutures.org.uk. And that is a place where we've brought together STEM and engineering activities so that schools can search in one platform and compare a whole range of things that are available to them in their area and work out what fits best. Whereas previously, I think you just had to use the main search function and it was quite hard to discriminate between the different um, options that came up. And we hope that by making it easier, uh, teachers will be more able to incorporate it in their curriculum planning because it is a really important part of, you know, a year's work to make sure that young people are connecting with careers and enrichment and other outreach opportunities. And there's there's a huge range of activities that are on there. Even um, when we're doing less face-to-face -face work, a lot of organisations have been really creative in redeveloping what they used to do so that it can be offered online and there are still some opportunities where um, people will come into schools and help work with different groups of children as well and as you said you know we're, we're currently all restricted in, in, in what we can do and where we can go but are there opportunities for the children to actually go into the workplace to sort of see some of these things or is it more of a question of people going back into schools yeah, at the moment, most of the activities um, that, that are face-to-face -face would be people coming into schools. So there are some school trips that are listed, but our understanding is that there aren't so many schools that are actually going on those trips. So we don't really um, think that there'll be as much activity in the coming months, but obviously we are looking to the future and hopefully a time when we can be behaving a bit more normally. So we'll be continually updating all the information on what's available where but we also have um, a whole suite of online activities where we're we're really trying to make them as interactive as possible so it isn't just a broadcast to young people there are lots of opportunities for them to engage and actually it often to interact directly with engineers and scientists and some really interesting stuff we've seen is that, that for some children, this is a much more comfortable way for them to interact. So in an ideal world, you would offer both. And for some children, they'll get really excited by the hands-on stuff and find it really motivated. But for other children who might find that not a particularly comfortable setting, actually the ability just to type in a question in a more anonymous way face to, than face-to-face -face can be very enabling. And, and, you know, we've had some great stories about those interactions reaching out to children and showing their interest in a way that hadn't been seen before. And there are there are lots of companies who obviously support these ventures and, and are, are wanting to support you in these roles. Is that kind of a, a sort of a universal feeling that, that they are wanting to support the education sector per se, but also, I guess, you know, they're wanting their next generation of employees to be those sort of world leading thinkers to actually take all their products forward? 
Yeah, employers are really motivated in this area. And actually, that's one of the reasons why we had to create this platform, because um, at one point, there were 600 organizations counted as offering STEM and engineering inspiration. And it was just very hard for teachers to navigate and find what they wanted. So that's part of the motivation behind building the platform. We've also put some criteria around the activities that we are listing and there'll be more and more coming up as um, we work with more people who are offering those activities. But actually, so we have a little bit of quality control around the transparency and the way in which um, an activity may have been designed, make sure they're thinking about including all students in an activity and actually learning and sharing how to improve their activities with others. So you were asking about why employers care. So they really very much care about creating a large pool from which they can recruit from in, in the future. But I would also say over the last six months, a lot of the organizations that we work with, it's become so apparent that they really want to help the students who have, are underrepresented in engineering. And a lot of this is a historic underrepresentation. So traditionally, girls have not been as well represented in engineering, but also um, children from poor socioeconomic backgrounds or children from certain ethnic groups. And over the last six months, I, f I feel like that um, people, this is coming to the fore and people are caring more and more about this in a really genuine way, partly because some of those groups have been hardest hit by the pandemic, but also because they really are seeing that they need more resilience moving into the future. And they know that they get that with um, a more diverse workforce. And so I think a question you asked earlier is why should primary school teachers care about um, showing engineering to their students? And actually it's a real investment in their futures in sectors that really count and make a difference and where there will be many jobs. Uh, we need engineering to thrive into the future and the government recognizing that is making a lot of long-term commitments and investments into building up our infrastructure, responding to climate change and all of those areas which will require huge numbers of engineers. And give us a little bit about your background. How did you become involved in engineering and where did that passion come from? Oh, it's interesting. So I think I am a slightly frustrated engineer. I came up very much um, very keen on physics and maths and engineering. I explored doing electrical engineering, but actually um, decided that I was more interested in physics, but ended up moving across the sciences and actually graduating in psychology. And I think part of that was I was conforming to the gender norms around me and I just felt a lot more comfortable in the psychology department than in the physics department where I, I felt it was a bit of a struggle at times. And those things are all shifting. I don't want to send a negative message because actually the inclusiveness of this area is growing and growing. And we can see that this next generation coming through are gonna be much more diverse than the previous ones. And that will continue to grow. And it is really important that that is the case. And, and I think also, just like you say, being honest about the reality of where we are and where we've been, but also with that positive eye of the future. And actually, you know, for every one of these ideas which comes to the fore with every child that gets the opportunity to, to be educated in this way, to find out about these companies, to, to learn about engineering, then that has to be 
um, a good sort of two steps forward and one step back rather than the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I raised that um, issue about the gender norming, and we know those effects come in really early. So it is so important that primary school teachers are mindful of the messages they may unintentionally be reinforcing. And um, there's quite a lot of work at the moment on just trying to strip some of those gender biases out of schools as a whole. And we think that would be really beneficial to the particular challenges that we have in engineering. But for example, you might have with boys going into languages. Um, so it, there's no reason why we sustain these gender stereotypes, but actually just testing ourselves and being aware of them and thinking really carefully about the language we use in the classrooms and the role models we show and the way in which we reinforce different skills and activities, I think is really important. And I, th I think that kind of the, the touch paper of, of what you see around you is key, isn't it? I mean, I know myself as a musician, you know, one of the reasons that I felt I could go from being in the junior wind band, having started to have lessons at school to music college and into the profession was because I saw the next stage. You know, I saw the person in the senior wind band. I saw the person going into the county ensemble. I saw that person going to music college. I then saw that person working with an orchestra and it was all within my sphere of understanding and my knowledge. Yes, it's not a given and yes, it, it's, you know, it's not a straightforward place to be able to get to, but but I think I could see that. And I guess that's why these things take time to come to fruition, isn't it? Because you sort of need people to be able to see what those journeys look like, even from that sort of primary age all the way through. Absolutely. And it's just it is very hard to change culture. And it is a cultural shift. Um, the idea that anyone can do any sort of career. Actually, we have for many years been um, putting people on, into certain groups and categories. And I think we all recognise that that was, you know, a, a not a healthy thing for any of those professions, nor the people who are being deterred from areas where they may be more interested. Um, so, but it's still now quite hard to go back and disrupt uh, those old stereotypes, as it were. And I think certainly in recent times, one of the things that I found a positive shift is a little bit like the idea that you're training, you know, from the pupil's point of view, you're training yourself and you're learning skills, understanding, collaboration, ways of working, which will support you now as you're going through your education and it should be fun and engaging and where you are now which is an, obviously an important part of of NAEP's philosophy but also as you then go through the rest of the education system and into the workforce you're not necessarily going into this job or this one profession or this one you're taking all those skills and all that understanding with you and hopefully these pathways then open up to allow you to go wherever you feel most comfortable and what you would like to do and to expand your horizons and, and see what you're going from that sense of, like you said, climate change is important to me. So I'm not sure what job that's going to be, but I'm going to keep pushing in this area, which is really, really key and where I feel like I want my future to look like. Yes. And I have to say, so there is a huge press. Then, if you take a topic like climate change, um, the breadth of careers, and some of these we do actually showcase on that NEON website, um, from trying to uh, deal with pollution to creating new energy sources to um, micro production of electricity, there are just so, so many 
ways in which you can tackle it. And the, the other thing, which I think taps into what you were saying, is that move to more multidisciplinary thinking. So we're very interested in the engineering mindset, but it can be applied in multidisciplinary teams and to um, what I think many people will think of as quite unexpected problems. And actually something that was really nice is we saw um, that young people, we did a survey earlier in the year and we found that young people had recognized the roles that engineers were playing in the response to the pandemic. Um, whereas you might think off the top of your head, oh, it, obviously there were a huge effort on the part of all the people in the NHS and involved in healthcare and caring, and then all the scientists trying to understand the disease and create a vaccine. But actually young people recognized the important roles that engineers were playing, for example, in building the Nightingale hospitals or um, working out new ways to develop or produce ventilators, or actually in the vaccination effort, there's a huge amount of engineering involved in enabling that sort of scientific research. So it is encouraging that the visibility is more evident, but obviously we'd like to see it everywhere. Yeah, and, and I think that idea of companies suddenly using the resources and the technologies they had, like you say, to, to help in, in the development of ventilators and all that kind of thing was really impressive to see and how quickly and how how creatively things can can really be taken on board when it needs to be. And I think that felt a very positive thing for the future and, and, and a really in, exciting thing to be able to, to witness sort of firsthand. And it is, again, I keep saying it's that problem solving bit, but it's actually the even in such um, a shocking environment with such a, an unpleasant drive of that activity, actually the need to really um, come together in a different way, be really creative and just keep plugging away and picking away at the same problem, I think speaks to the heart of what motivates many engineers um, and, and I hope will appeal to young people. And just as we, we, we start to round off here, Tell us a little bit about the practicalities of 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 the the getting into schools and actually getting people part of it. Of course, we've talked on the, already about the the curriculum and, and how that fits in. But do you find, as as we do as an organisation, sometimes that while there's often a lot of wanting to be part of a new way of thinking or new projects or or new things which they know will support children because of the restraints of the system in terms of certain amounts of time for certain subjects and the practicalities of getting people into school there's there's a barrier there which is kind of counterintuitive to what it is that um, we're talking about and what we're trying to achieve yes and it's seeing which opportunities we have to reach into schools but what we really um are very keen on are things that are whole class or whole school or whole year activities. So we don't want to find a small number of students who are already identifying as wanting to do science and STEM and engineering and keep reinforcing that. That's a positive thing to be doing. But actually, we want to reach out to those who may not have had their eyes opened to what that looks like, and particularly 
um, if they come from families where there may not be many people working in those sectors and those families, it's not right that they then don't have that um, sense of what that might look like. So I think it is a really important leveller to make sure that these activities are reaching to all students in the school and they can be combined, you know, obviously a lot of them are STEM and science based and can fit into that bit of the curriculum as well as the more creative side. But they are, they're developing communication skills. You can add them into presentations. Um, you can add them into a more arts-based um, curriculum if, when you're actually trying to draw and communicate and visualise the ideas that you're coming up with. And it's also, you know, a lot of these activities happen in drop-down days as well, where people are just bringing the school or a class or a year group together to really um, enjoy working on something um, as a collaborative project. Well, I think it feels like a very exciting and creative project in, in in terms of the way it works but i think also like i said a, a place where people can go and no matter what your circumstances whatever your curriculum studies at that particular time or, or whatever you're focused during any given year there's there's that easy access now and and a platform for you to to be able to explore so for those teachers who are, are going to be keen just to find out much more just remind us again of the website for them to go and have a look at yeah, it's neonfutures.org.uk and you can search for experiences by kind of type of experience or by where you are in the country because some of them are still locally delivered and you will see there's a really good range of activities for primary age including online but still some face-to-face -face. but I, I also encourage you to keep coming back because the organizations we have on will keep um, updating their listings and we will be bringing new organizations in and we also want to hear from you so you know if you book an activity um, tell us how it worked for you and, and we'll make sure that we feed that back to the people who are delivering the activities as well and and there's a lovely range i have to say so we've got um ways in which you, whole classes can interact with engineers and talk to them or things which are more like interactive shows coming in and doing something like a whole class workshop or an assembly or there's another lovely one called kids invent stuff where you have the children coming up with really creative solutions or ideas and some some people who actually have been working with us for years since they were children themselves um, will go and build them so there's a lovely feedback loop to the students themselves and the ideas they're coming up with fantastic well hillary thank you so much for joining me today it's been really interesting and and certainly from my own personal perspective actually being able to sort of hear and see how all this can can come together and i, and I guess with your sort of governor's hat on you you can you understand it from that side in terms of seeing what the schools want as well as exactly how the organization can work with it Yes, so um, I am indeed a school governor of a through school and it is a really helpful way to get the perspective and understand all the different demands that are on the schools at the moment. And we know that careers provision has dropped off a bit, um, certainly when schools are working remotely, but also we're a bit concerned that it won't be brought back in during um, these you know, first months back. But we also, from surveys, know that young people are are thinking about their future and they are a bit worried and actually we shouldn't just drop this as an important element of their education inspiring them to be motivated through their studies but also helping them to feel a bit more secure the options are still out there and will be out there when um, they come through the system 
Absolutely. Well, Hilary, thank you so much for being here. And I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. And I hope there are plenty of teachers out there who will go and have a look at the website and, and book some of these things and actually support the children to, to understand what their future could look like and that they can actually follow that creativity within themselves. So thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Mark.